The following program is sponsored by Ron Myers Ministries. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you today. I have a show that is definitely going to encourage and empower someone today. My name is Ron Myers. I'm your host, and the show is called Get the Hell Out of Your Life. And what I do is I tell people I'm like a booking agent. I look for Christians that are willing to share their story about Jesus. I want to know, what did Jesus do for you? What will he do for me? And what will he do for the listeners? So they come on and they share their stories. They bear their soul. They tell everything. And 99% of my guests, they never met Jesus in church. Friends, this show is about empowering you with understanding the real Jesus. And if you know that Jesus is for you and not against you, it enables you to step off into a level of faith that will change your life forever. My guest today is Paul Perisic. Now, Paul is going to share his stories of, well, I don't even want to give you a teaser because he will do it better than me. Paul, welcome to the studios. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Paul, I, I think you are definitely a man on fire for Jesus. Uh, so to speak, yes, on fire. That's a Christianese term, but you know what? I'm secure and I'm committed. Yeah, that's... The effect that Jesus had on me when I said, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior has never died out or never changed and I carry that effect with me everywhere I go and in everything I do. So I, I'd instead of saying I'm on fire, because people get on fire, and then the next thing you see, they're cold, so to speak. I was, I was preaching in a jail for a long time, and I walked in a jail cell one day, and the guy, they hadn't had anybody in there a long time. And some people come to me and said, Brother, it is so dry in here. We haven't had anyone in here to preach in a while. I said, it's fixing the rain, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a wonderful time because I stay in a position of what Jesus did in me when someone told me this is the way you receive him and I did that and the effect that he had on me was inside and I knew something changed that change has never dwindled or left so yes I'm on fire I guess that would be the way you would terminology say give a term to it if you're a Christian but if you're someone who just lives a normal life then I stick with what happened to me when I re- was saved. Amen. Now, have you um, been like this all your life? Uh, actually, no. I was raised Catholic, and I'm very, very thankful for my Catholic foundation. If anything, I was taught it was to be in love with Jesus, and they gave me a solid foundation, which was be faithful, period. And so I was raised in church. I was an altar boy. I did all those things. And then uh, around the age of 13, I got on drugs. I was introduced to smoking pot and, you know— all those different things. And so I wasn't. And in those years of being in the Catholic Church, I never heard the salvation message, even though it had to have been preached week after week or spoken of. Somehow I missed it. And so the day that someone came to my house 
were doing visitation, I had been praying, Lord Jesus, send someone to me because I say it like this. I was a long-haired, dope-smoking, vulgar-mouthed, cigarette-smoking hippie. And I had been asking Jesus, if you're real, then send someone to me to teach me about you. And it wasn't three weeks later, someone was knocking on my door. And when they knocked on my door and I opened it, I lived out in the country. I moved out in the woods to grow weed. I grew, I sold hundreds of pounds of weed and, and grew a lot and other things. And when they knocked on my door and said, we're from the church down the road, I said, God sent you to me. Give me just a minute and I'm going to let you in. So I went to the other end of the house and opened up the doors and told my wife, light cigarettes. I'm letting these people in. God sent someone to us. And they led us to salvation that night. And I knew that if God was that kind and merciful to me, even in my dope head, drug selling self, vulgar mouth self, his kindness and his mercy was to come to me and teach me about himself. Then I need to do everything I can to learn as much as I can about him. And I've never been out of church since then. And the church is obviously in you. When I realized I was a member of his body, then I realized, actually, I, I went to the other church. It was a Baptist church, and I'm so thankful they did that. I, I used to always say inside my heart, I wonder how hard it was for them to say, okay, this is a night of visitation. Who are we going to go see? And someone said, let's go visit the hippie, because I lived out in the woods, because we grew weed. We couldn't do that in the city. And uh, when they came to the hippie's house, and the hippie got saved, and all of a sudden the hippie's in church, and I was in church from then on. And I would come to church stoned. It took the Lord two years to get me off weed. Actually, I asked him, Lord, what is, it was more like this. <laughs> uh, yo, dude, Lord, what is wrong with this stuff, man? I mean, why can't I get stoned? This tastes so good. And the scripture the Lord gave me was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You're loving me with all your heart. But you're turning your mind, your will, and your emotions and your physical body to being comforted by smoking weed or drinking beer to get a buzz. And I asked you to love me with all three. And I said, I see it, Lord. If you'll help me, I will never touch this stuff again. Get me free from it. And I can't tell you what day I quit smoking pot and I got free from cigarettes. It just happened over a, like I said, about a two-year period. I slowly dwindled it dwindled out of my life because I grew spiritual. I used to tell friends, I will sit with you next year on New Year's. Y'all will all be getting stoned, and I'll sit with you, and I won't take a single toke off your joint because inside me something's happening. You can't see it, but I'm growing spiritually. Right now, my spirit isn't strong enough to throw off the things that I trained it to do for all these years of my life. But I'm growing inside, and when I get spiritually strong enough because of feeding on the Word of God, I will overcome these outward things that are controlling me, and I'll be able to sit with you and watch you get stoned while I turn you onto something stronger than dope, which is the Word of God. And that day came, brother, and it's never left. Amen. So right now, somebody's listening that says, man, I'm going through the same thing, but I don't want to go to church. What would you tell that person? I would tell them Jesus is the only Lord and Savior, the only God, the only man who is absolutely hearing everybody all the time, anywhere, and start asking him like I did. I started asking him, okay, Jesus, if you're real, please help me. Please send me someone to teach me about you. Please, there was a preacher at the gas station who used to ask me, uh, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? I'd say, 
I was baptized as a baby. Do I have to have a special ticket to get in there? I'm taught that I'm going to heaven. And he'd say, well, have you been born again? I said, I don't even know what born again is. So I started asking the Lord. So I'm telling you, start asking the Lord. And he is man enough and loving enough. And he is savior enough to be able to help you and communicate to you and send someone to you to lead you to a life with him, a salvation experience, receiving him as your savior. And the easiest thing to do would be for you to say, Jesus, I accept what you did. I believe in my heart that you died for me and that God raised you from the dead and I need you to help me. And you know what he'll do? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he will save. You'll never be ashamed of doing that. Do it now. Call on him. Ask him. Jesus, help me. Save me. You know what you just said there in the last couple of minutes is absolutely life-changing. It's so simple. He so had to simple. make it that simple. Then why have we made it so complicated? I don't even try and, you know, when I received Jesus as my Lord and I started going to a church and really got serious, I had asked the Lord um, to lead me to a church. I said, I'm not going to go to a church, Lord. I was going to the Baptist church and I was faithful there. I never left. So I said, I'm not going to go find a church. I had learned more than what they were teaching and so I started asking the Lord, I'm not going to go find a church because I'd probably fall in love with the people. I want you to send me a church and a church that is teaching the uncompromised word. And that will bring me up to another level with you, a greater relationship with you. And he sent me a church. So I never try and entertain too much in my mind of what is so wrong with most churches. I try to stay with there's more to learn. We never learn at all. We never know it all. So I've always sought out. Send me teachers, Lord, who will help me have to learn more and grow more. So for us to be stuck in a place where we don't learn the simplicity of salvation or more than just salvation is then you need to find a church that will teach you more than that. You need to ask the Lord again. There he is. Okay, Jesus, where do I need to go? Or actually, Holy Spirit, you've got to get me connected somewhere where I can grow to where I'm actually a person who lives this life, not just on Sunday, but I'm example to others of this is what a Christian is like. What you're describing right there, that's the kind of stuff, the conversation that we have with Jesus. I believe that Jesus really loves it when we come to him for the answers of life's troubles that come our way. Could you imagine someone knowing you and they never acknowledge you? No. They get around you and they never say anything. I say this a lot to people. Especially Sounds like I, my parents when I was little. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I never heard my dad say, I love you and all that stuff. I don't worry about that stuff. The day I got saved, it was about two, three weeks later, I went to him. I was still long haired, dope smoking, vulgar mouth, cigarette smoking, hippie, and went to him and said, Dad, I need to tell you that I love you and that Jesus put it in my heart to come tell you that I love you and I forgive you of anything you've ever done or didn't do to me. But there's been a love placed in my heart that I just can't contain it. And I've got to and he has said to me, where are you going to church, boy? And I told him where I'm going. He said, you going to hell? I said, I'm finally not going to hell, daddy. I finally, really, Jesus is my Lord. And you need to do just what I did. You need to call upon him to save you. And he has said things and, you know, we, what we were raised. But yes, yes, Ron, I like to acknowledge Jesus throughout my whole day. Amen. Morning, noon, anytime, anywhere, any place. 
And you might be in a grocery store and you're walking down the aisle. And I learned that when I raise my hands, for some reason, that blesses the Lord. So I'll be in Home Depot or I'll be in a store, a grocery store, and you'll see somebody in the aisle. And I'll have my hands raised saying, thank you, Jesus, because I've been in a place where I didn't have the money for the groceries I've wanted. Now I'm in a place in life where I have the money for the groceries I want. So sometimes at his presence, I just stop and say, I acknowledge what you have done in my life And I thank you for what you've brought me through. And I just raise my hands there and say, you say raising your hands blesses you. So right here, right now, publicly, I'm saying, I bless you, Jesus. Do you ever just scratch your head and just say, man, this Jesus stuff is more than I ever thought it would be. It's so wonderful. Uh, I also had to make myself think of it like this. If I'm going to have a good relationship with my wife, which, you know, we butt heads, everybody, but if you don't butt heads, then hallelujah. But uh, we butt heads once in a while. But the thing that keeps us in a good marriage is our relationship. She knows my pet peeves. I know her pet peeves. And I read in the Bible where it says that Jesus said, unto you is given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And actually one version says, he said this to his inner circle. And I thought, I want to be part of your inner circle. There you go. Lord, please let me in your inner circle. If there's something I'm doing in my life that is keeping you from letting me be close to you, that I'm in your inner circle, then I need that out of my life. So there's people in my life who they're my acquaintance. I know if I get around them, they're not going to talk like I like to talk. They're not going to act like I like to act. They're not going to do things that I think is good to do. And so they're not in my inner circle. But then there's friends who I know when I get around them, I mean, we're going to talk Jesus stuff. We're going to talk prayer stuff. We're going to talk prosperity stuff or or what we've got to do to get out of things that we're in that we know isn't pleasing to the Lord. So we're in an inner circle. So when I started crying out to the Lord, crying out to the Holy Spirit, make me aware of what I'm doing that would keep me away from your closest friend. And I want to be your friend. And he started pointing things out in my life. You know, he's so kind. He points out tiny, tiny, tiny things at a time. And I look back in my life. There's this hundred mile long, tiny things that I've done because he asked me, change this and it's better. Change this and it'd be better. And I look back in that person who was at the beginning of those tiny things. He started changing. I think I was really like that at one time. Mm-hmm. And now my life has become to the place where my walk with him is just so precious that I don't want to offend him. Do I do things that offend him? Of course I do once in a while. But when I do and I realize I've done something that had offended the Lord or offended the Holy Spirit, you know what I do? I'm quick to repent. Just like as if I had a close friend and I did something that they thought that is the stupidest thing you could ever do. I say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that, brother. So that's the way you keep a real close, a real strong relationship with the Lord. And then he's able to lead us and guide us and help us through our day. You and I carry the title of being a misfit. I'm proud of. I love it. I love being different because God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He sure does. Right now, you've got the mic. Talk to the people that feel like a misfit? You probably feel like a misfit if you do. And it's good that you do because Ron quoted part of the scripture that God chooses the base things. God chooses the foolish things. And so if you're base or foolish, then God has a calling for you. He has a purpose for you. He doesn't normally choose very rich people to stand before people and preach his word or very intelligent people, even though they get in there, he does choose some. It doesn't, he doesn't choose many. He would rather, or he has purposed in his heart to choose 
us who we feel like we don't really fit in a place in church or fit in a place in religion. And we really shouldn't fit in that. We should fit in Jesus's plan and Jesus's purpose. And he's different than us. He has an ability to choose people who don't fit into the mindset of you have to go to this school or that school or this seminary or that seminary to be a person who can be used by God. You have to be a person who's committed to the Lord, and then he will slowly bring you out into a place where you're being used by him and you won't even recognize you're being used by him like him i'm in a place right now where people call me pastor my pastor really is andrew lombardo at the mission church and uh when we first started talking about these things we both said we feel like we come from the island of misfits we were rejected or shunned by those who we would consider important in the church's eye so we focused on lord if you can use us then you pull us out. And slowly but surely, he had to work on our character to bring us to the place where the giftings he had in our life could sustain us. Because if you have gifts and you don't have character, then your gifts will take you to a place where your character can't sustain you. And you're not that tasteful to those who really need Jesus. You might say religious things and do religious things and the church people accept you or big preachers think you're the wonderfulest thing there ever was. But when you come from our realm where we're foolish in big preachers eyes or big important people who are Christians with important names don't think much of you. The Lord thinks a lot of you because you can reach those who aren't reachable by big name people or people who are important in other people's eyes. I'm not diminishing their importance. I'm diminishing their ability to reach people like you and I who come from, like Ron said, the island of misfits. And there are so many out there who are crying out, even though they may never know to cry out to Jesus and ask him to help them. They're crying out for something to make their life. Uh, what, what did Paul say? Content. I can be content poor. I can be content wealthy. But I can be content in any situation because of my relationship with Jesus. And they're crying out, so they turn to drugs, or they turn to sex, or they turn to fame, or they turn to promoting themselves, or whatever it is, so that they can feel good about themselves when really they need to have someone like you and me who've been in a position where we don't fit in what people would think you're one of them, or you're a church person, or you're a religious person. They don't fit in that, and they never will fit in that. So someone like you and me who haven't found acceptance in those realms, so to speak, till we got really close with Jesus and he was able to develop as a place where we could speak in both realms, that realm and in the misfit realm, you need to start crying out to Jesus. And your level of courage or feeling in a place of being content or acceptance will rise immediately because you will be accepted by the King of all kings, by the Lord of all lords. And what other men think about you or what other status people have in their mind about you won't even matter because your status will be the one who really cares about you and the effect that he will have on you will change your desire to use other means to get there, such as drugs or sex or importance or a big name. Those things will all change because he's the one who changes our desires when we have a good relationship with him. So if there's anything you could do, whether you've been in church all your life and you still don't feel accepted, start drawing close to Jesus. Start asking him. He's the one who loves all the questions. He's the one who can answer all the questions. You get close to him and you spend your time throughout your day 
talking with him, learning his word. And I promise you, your life will change to the place where you no longer feel like a misfit in his realm. You might not fit into the other realms, but you won't be a misfit in his realm. You'll be beneficial to him. And he will cause things to come out of your mouth when you're around people who need help that you never dreamed would come out of you because he'll speak through you to help others. That's his goal is to reach others. And guess what? You're the best thing he has. You're the best person he has. And he thinks of you like that, no matter what we think of ourselves. You're the best he's got. Paul Parasich, what a way to uh, end our conversation. Ron, I am honored. I'm shaking in my boots to be around you. <laughs> Ron Myers. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But uh, you know what? We're brothers and we're serving the same Savior who did the same thing in you that he did in me. And our hearts are knit together. Amen, brother. Father, we thank you that you have sent your, your word for us to learn by, to lead us into salvation. We thank you that your word, your Bible, everything points us to Jesus. And I thank you that Jesus gave his life for us. You know, there's a simplicity in salvation. It's if I've done things that have violated God's thoughts of how I should be, then I've offended him. So I know, oh God, please forgive me for my lifestyle up till now. I've done this and this and this, and I know that you're not appreciative of me doing those things. I didn't know better, but I know now. And then if I did something to you that was really, really valuable, I put $100,000 in your bank account, and I told everybody you know to tell you that I did that, then the next time you saw me, you would say, thank you, Paul, for what you did. Well, we're telling you and others have told you that Jesus has died for your sins and Jesus took your place in spiritual death so you could take his place in spiritual life. So I'm telling you, you owe Jesus a thank you. Tell him, thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for my life, and I accept what you did for me. Father, I thank you for giving them the understanding of this and the courage to act on that and for you to change their life and bring them into the place where you take them off of this place of they don't feel worthy of you. They are worthy of you because of what Jesus did. Make that a reality in their life as they accept what Jesus did. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a story from Paul. I love his enthusiasm. I love how he will share his story wherever he's at. Friends, when I come back from the break, let's break it down a little in how we can apply it in our life today. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. Does God speak to us today? If so... What does he sound like? Thundering roars, crashing waves, a booming megaphone. Maybe sometimes, but maybe it's not quite as Hollywood dramatic as all that. Maybe it's a little more simple. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In the midst of all the noise and questions, God is speaking and we can hear his voice. We just need to learn to recognize it. So what does he sound like? He sounds like love, like reconciliation, like kindness, wisdom, hope, truth. Do you know those sounds? Then maybe you hear his voice more often than you think. Maybe you're being led by him more than you realize. Maybe God is speaking to you and you actually are listening. You just didn't know it.
What a story from Paul. Wow, I love that man and his uh, committed style, I say. He's on fire for Jesus, but I understand what he was saying. He's committed, and we can be on fire one day and cold the next. So we need to be committed, and we need to ask ourselves, what do we see ourselves doing for God? What do we see ourselves doing a few years from now? And I think that's really the first thing I would suggest is just believe that Jesus has a plan for you. Believe that Jesus is for you and not against you. And when you give Jesus your heart, he will take the hell out of your life. He comes in, cleans house, forgives all your sins, past, present, and future. And friends, gives you the opportunity to do life with him, guilt-free, no condemnation. And your life really begins to shape into what he needs you to become because you have a plan. That's right. You have a mission. God has an assignment for you on this earth. And Jesus is the only one that can lead you to that assignment. Friends, I think sometimes we just get so wrapped up in the world and we see the news and the politics that we could lose hope pretty easily. And things sometimes can get so overwhelming, we don't know which way is up. And when times like that come, which they do a lot for me, I just cling closer to Jesus. I just need his guidance to get me through today. And that is my guest goal that I bring on to share with you. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to feel unworthy. You don't have to feel bad and condemned. Jesus has a new life for you. And whether you ever go to a church or not, it doesn't nullify that beautiful, awesome relationship that you can discover with Jesus. If you went to a desert island today and there was no church, no radio, no television, it was just you and Jesus, you would thrive. Jesus is all we need. And when we have Jesus, it spills out of us and it it gets into our little circles of influence. So I have one homework assignment for you. Take the questions that you have in your head. I know you have some. And begin the dialogue with Jesus. Friends, it's the most favorite thing I do every day is conversations with Jesus. He has the answer to every question you will ever have. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. Did you know what Ron did before he discovered his destiny? He was a promoter of secular entertainment, and by his own admission, he promoted anything he could make a buck at. At the pinnacle of his success, he walked away from it all so he could follow Jesus and discover his God-given destiny. That was over 20 years ago, and he has never looked back. Ron put his story in a novel entitled The Promoter, and he wants to give you a copy. This book is a message of hope. To request your free copy, visit our website at thepromoter.org. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up, and I want to encourage you. If you have a story that you would like to share with the world, please go to my website, thepromoter.org. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, Jesus loves you, and when you give Jesus your heart, he will take the hell out of your life.
Get the Hell Out of Your Life is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 255 vendors from all over the United States from November 8th through the 10th inside the Coast Convention Center located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to share your story of what God has done in your life or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.